Are the Winnipeg Jets Canadian enough? Should the Jets actually focus on drafting more Winnipeg or even Manitoban players? Are the Jets not looking in the right places to find talent to retain? Uh, recently, there have been some op-eds and some thoughts ever since Matthew Tuchuk announced that he wants to leave Calgary. Same with Gaudreau departing. And of course, a number of American players having some expiring contracts with Canadian teams. Are they all due for the U.S.? Are they all going to leave? We'll talk about the implications of all of this and where the Jets fit in on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to take some time and talk about a topic that came up recently, um, yesterday it was, thanks to uh, a number of departures, of course, from the Calgary Flames, and an article that popped up, uh, I believe, from um, one of the major Winnipeg articles uh, or, or newspapers from you know columnist Mike McIntyre. This article definitely had, well, uh, some controversial takes on... I would say like, you know, what it means to have Canadian born players and, and trying to retain talent for the Jets, because obviously with Winnipeg, let's be real, the location can be a little bit of a challenge to retain a lot of really good free agents and drafted players, which, you know, with a number of high profile guys potentially wanting out of Winnipeg, uh, players who have been traded recently over the past couple of seasons and the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation, the question has come up about whether or not Winnipeg is drafting enough Canadian talent and stocking the cupboards the right way. And so I kind of wanted to tackle this because I feel like there's this weird uh, situation with the league right now where people are maybe focusing on the like uh, national origin and um, international identity part of this, plus the, the geographics and certainly some of the demographics of NHL teams, which I, I think definitely plays a role in why some players choose to relocate but some of the conclusions that people are reaching, um, they're definitely concerning to me. So we'll start off with the Jets because I feel like this article um, from Mike, usually I, I, I don't tend to take too many issues with the stuff that he puts out. But this article kind of really caught me off guard because it has a very old fashioned mindset. Uh, honestly, it just it really doesn't seem like something that I would have expected to see, especially when it comes to Winnipeg, because um, you know, the Jets recently have actually drafted quite a few American players over the years, right? We've got Connor Hellebuck, um, Andrew Kopp, of course, Jacob Truba, and, you know, a whole other host of players. Plus, you know, Blake Wheeler, who came in from Atlanta, Dustin Bufflin, another American player who came in from Atlanta. And so um, obviously with, with the Jets, you have a nice, diverse cast of, of uh, national players. I mean, you've got lots of Canadians, you've got lots of Americans. But this idea that the Jets don't draft enough Canadians, 
you know, there is some question about maybe the CHL scouting not being as good as the, uh, you know, the Finnish or Swedish scouting. Maybe the U.S. Uh, scouting is is felt to be stronger within the organization. And sure, that has led to a lot of NCAA picks as well as um, some some like, you know, SHL and Liga picks from overseas. But I feel like this idea that the Jets have to draft more Canadian players kind of flies in the face of what we're seeing with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Dubois actually just wants to go to Montreal. Um, if we take his word at face value, which I, I think by all accounts, we can pretty safely say he's got his heart set on Montreal for one reason or another. You know, I, I would imagine that him being Canadian kind of puts a bit of a damper on this idea that you have to have Canadian players. Now, Mike specifically pointed out sort of, you know, Midwestern Canadian players, guys who are a little bit more local and who have made it their dream to join a team like the Jets, which, all right, fair enough. Maybe it would be cool to have one of these players become a hometown hero and actually want to stay and commit. But I think the reality for the Jets is the location's always going to be an issue for, for Winnipeg, right? There's no getting around that. Um, you, you look at the major metropolitan cities down south, those are going to have massive draws. But I think the other issue with Winnipeg that I've, I've noticed over the years is that the Jets just don't really make themselves a particularly attractive destination. And I don't just mean in having fun things to do around the city. It's more like the Jets don't really have a culture that I think is particularly attractive for, to free agents and other players. You know, when they sign free agents and stuff, it's not long before they eventually get jettisoned. I mean, look at Yevgeny Zvechnikov. Zvech came here. He was really good, I thought, in the role that he was asked to play. And within just a season, not only had he fallen out of favor on a line that actually had done really well when he was on it, uh, you know, they disbanded that unit and he kind of got jerked around the lineup. And then, you know, now they've put him out to pasture after he had a pretty successful season on a basically a league minimum deal. If this is kind of how you're treating free agents, you know, you've got Eric Comrie, who was due a raise. They wouldn't give him the extra 90 or so minutes to allow him to be a uh, an RFA, you know, status for the Jets to maybe try and take him to arbitration or something. What is this whole thing supposed to lead to? Are you are you actually being loyal to the players who sign here? Are you showing that you're building this culture of uh, commitment to these players? Because it feels like the Jets are very committed to a handful of guys, but not so much a lot of the other players. And on top of that, people know that the Jets locker room is toxic. The Jets themselves haven't really been successful for a while. And so I feel like if you're talking about the, the fact that there's just not enough Canadian, Manitoban, uh, Prairie-born players, I just feel like that's sort of missing the bigger picture with the Jets. Winnipeg as an organization hasn't really built the kind of sustainable winning culture that I think attracts players. You can have a really rough organization like Vegas, but players still want to go there because, sure, it's Vegas, right? It's a fun place to be. But also, I just think that there's actual opportunity there. And in general, Vegas has seemingly shown that it's committed to winning. Yeah, Do they always arrive at the best solution to do so? A little bit questionable. But, you know, I look at Denver and I'm not sure how attractive Denver is, you know, in terms of uh, living conditions and stuff. Is it the most amazing place to live? I don't know. Uh, but it's also a, a pretty isolated city, I would imagine. And sure, it is a major metropolitan area. But, you know, aside from, you know, a few extra venues and things to do, how much different would it be versus like New York or uh, one of those other much bigger cities? You have to imagine that Denver and Colorado might actually have a little bit of trouble recruiting some talent. But instead, they've built this mammoth team and they seemingly have guys who want to stay and commit long term, which to me says that, 
you know, aside from having a pretty decent place to live, maybe not the, the best city in the entire country, but certainly a pretty solid one. They've also built a culture that attracts really good players who want to stay there because they know that's an organization that'll do what it takes to win a cup. And they've already done so. Now they're setting themselves up for longer term success. So I don't buy into this whole thing that the Jets are only ever going to lose free agents or lose talent because of where the city is and what the city is like. I feel like that just puts all of the onus uh, away from management that has really mishandled this team and not put it in the best position to succeed. Now, look, if free agents say that, you know, no to the Jets or there are drafted players who don't want to sign here, there's not much you can do about it. It is what it is, right? But it feels like the guys who have signed here or do want to play here, the Jets just don't really take care of them always in the way that they should. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, what do other players think? They already know the situation here isn't great. Apparently, one of the head coaching candidates the Jets interviewed uh, was not exactly thrilled with what he heard about the situation off the ice. So I don't know what free agents or, or drafted players are supposed to think about the Jets. I'm looking at the situation and I'm looking at what Winnipeg is working with. And if your locale is maybe not the most desirable, then you better darn well be sure that the team itself is attractive. And I think the Jets are missing that. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, this article and I'm thinking to myself, it's not so much that the Jets aren't drafting enough Canadians. The one, one of the main players who wants to leave is actually very uh, prominently Canadian with some French skills. So is that really the major issue? I, I don't think so. I think the Jets have plenty of great players from all across hockey, uh, you know, whether it's in Europe, America, can Canada, anywhere else. I think the Jets are recruiting great talent across the board. Could some of the scouts be better? I don't know, maybe. But overall, I mean, the U.S. Uh, has really supplied the Jets with not only one of the greatest goalies of this generation, but uh, a phenomenal goal scorer in Kyle Connor, some really great depth players and guys like Cop. I don't think that's the issue with this team. I think that we have a lot bigger fish to fry first. So I'd be curious to know what your thoughts on this are. Do you feel like the Jets are maybe missing something with not enough Canadian players? Be sure to let me know at HL Living Local and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and also on, uh, of course, the YouTube comments below. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about this uh, topic, especially as it pertains to the current exodus of talent and where I see all of this sort of transitioning to um, as, as the younger generation of players might start to change the landscape of free agency and what it means to be drafted. But before we talk about all of that, I do want to shout out one of our wonderful partners at Built Bar. Those of you who have heard me talk about Built Bar know that I'm personally a big fan. Uh, I, I've had a lot of protein bars, and most of them I find to be pretty repulsive. But Built Bar kind of came in with this amazing product that is more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got tons of great flavors, and you can check out a variety box that features up to 12 different flavors if you're not really sure which one fits you. But personally, I'd recommend Raspberry Dark Chocolate. Very simple, very tasty, but of course, they're always looking to innovate, and they've introduced new flavors like Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff, which is exactly what it sounds like, but that puff part is actually a marshmallow filling as well on top of that delicious Coconut Brownie Chunk, so I mean, you really can't go wrong with it. And best of all, it's really good for you because, you know, most Bill Bars are clocking in at around 150 to 170 calories, maybe 5 to 7 grams of net carbs, and anywhere from 14 to 17 grams of protein. So it's perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking for something right before you work out, maybe a breakfast replacement, or even a snack on the go for your kids that doesn't have such a nasty caloric count. So if you're willing to take a chance and give Bill Bar a try like I was, be sure to use uh, promo code LOCKED15 
at built.com to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com on uh, to receive 15% off your order. It's worth a try, and I, I definitely think you'll fall in love with Built Bars too. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Before we take a look back at the conversation surrounding uh, some of the, I, I guess, impending exoduses of, of RFAs and some top free agents from can, Canadian-based teams to the U.S. teams, I do want to let you know about something that, that I think a lot of you are probably going to be interested in. Many of you probably play NFL Fantasy and the season, of course, is right around the corner. So if you're looking to find out which NFL stars move the betting line the most, well, we've got a series for you. Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Again, it'll be available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, as well as on YouTube. So get ready for the start of football season the right way with Locked On NFL. Now, circling back to this whole conversation surrounding uh, Canadian hockey and the exodus of talent with players like Gaudreau and Tuchuk and some of these other guys, um, Dubois, of course, wanting to, to move to another team. I think people have maybe read a little bit too much into certain situations. I think Calgary is a particularly odd example because the Flames are apparently dealing with a lot of players who want out. And I don't know what's been going on behind the scenes, but it sounds like it wasn't just Gaudreau and Tuchuk who are looking to move on. I've heard rumors that Backlund is looking to maybe move. Uh, I don't know who else on the team is is up for grabs, but a lot of players apparently have had some grievances with management or the coaching staff or something, and it seems more than just uh, you know the American players who want to move on. I think Goudreau is kind of what started the whole thing, but it seems like something that must have been simmering. Usually when somebody tells you they want out and they communicate a desire to maybe either test free agency or request a trade, there's like a pattern of behavior or something that leads up to it. It doesn't just drop out of nowhere. So I feel like maybe using Calgary as like the precedent for all of this, in some ways, I think they will be a very good case study, but I don't know that it's going to be the primary driver of, of this massive exodus of talent uh, south of the border. For one thing, you know, with the Jets, Pierre-Luc Dubois is actually just wanting to move to Montreal. So he doesn't even want to leave Canada. He just wants to go to another Canadian team. Um, Looking at some of the other American-born players, you know, looking at the Jets, right? I mean, Winnipeg hasn't really had too many Americans want to leave. Um, in fact, for the most part, the Jets, I think, have done a pretty decent job of retaining the players they actually want to keep. Nikolai Ehlers, who's Danish, he's been happy to stay. He signed a long-term deal. Kyle Connor got locked up a, a while back, and he's been chugging along ever since. Doesn't really seem to be unhappy. Shifley has been, for the most part, satisfied. Morrissey committed long-term. Connor Hellebuck has signed long-term. Now, I, I do kind of wonder in the next couple of years what's going to happen with some of these contracts that are set to expire soon. But in the meantime, I think the notion that there's this sudden wave of guys being pushed out, I think people need to slow down a little bit. I think there are some unique circumstances. And Tuchuk might have actually been willing to stay had Goudreau committed long-term and signed there. So, you know, I think it's, it's definitely a situation where now Tuchuk wants to, loo, uh, to to leave and move on, but maybe he wouldn't have done so if the Flames were able to keep that core together. As far as like other teams, you know, you might look at Toronto and say, well, Austin Matthews has his contract expiring soon. He'll probably flee south of the border. And I don't really know that that's true. I think in Toronto, he basically has the run of everything. I mean, he's a superstar player. He's getting paid a lot of money. He's going to get a raise. And, you know, the, the city, the fans... 
everything in that area adores him and basically worships the ground he's, he walks on. So, you know, thinking about how much money he would want as, on his next deal and the sort of environment he would want to be on, is there really that many better opportunities elsewhere for teams that could actually, uh, e, you know, A, acquire and afford him and B, actually give him the kind of contract uh, extension that he's after? I honestly don't know. I think the, 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 the Toronto Maple Leafs are a really good organization. I think that they have shown that they have a pretty strong commitment to winning. And sure, not all of the gambles that they've made have paid off, but this team is really close, in my opinion, really close to being a true cup contender. Uh, they're just really one goalie away from it. So I, I think people have maybe read too much into some circumstantial stuff. It, you know, I think going forward, I do think RFAs and, and free agents are going to start looking more at moving around a bit more frequently. This is pretty normal in most other major sports. But of course, when it comes to drafted prospects in the NHL, oftentimes your your rights are pretty limited. So it's not like you can just easily transition to another team. Um, and I think that that has always been a bit of a quirk with the NHL. But, you know, I, I can't say that I am really against the idea of players exercising their ability to say where they want to play. Uh, I'm always going to side with labor rights. I think that that's always really important. I, I also do say, you know, I, I'm not going to say like I'm completely fine with everything. You know, the Dubois situation does uh, irritate me a bit, right? But by the same token, you know, I, again, I can understand why he doesn't want to stay with the Jets. Players like him didn't really get a choice. They got drafted to Columbus. Not exactly the best organization at the time that he was drafted. Then he got traded to Winnipeg after uh, a bit of a disastrous falling out with the Blue Jackets. And he walked into a situation that wasn't exactly great. And it seems like his plan has always been to go to Montreal. So I'm sure that he's just looking for a way to convince uh, all sides to move on. And, you know, hard to blame a guy if he if he really believes that going to Montreal is the best you know part of his career, the, the, the path forward for him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think people, they do have valid points about the whole U.S.-based uh, teams being more attractive in many ways, but... I think Canadian teams actually have to prove that they also uh, should be considered t options for, for players. They actually have to show that they're smart enough to make the right roster decisions, good enough to build winning organizations, and prove that, you know, despite the tax issues and stuff and vaccination issues, maybe, just maybe, if you actually had an organization that was actually decent and committed to winning, you might actually be able to retain some of that talent. But that's a conversation people never seem to want to have, so... For the meantime, we're just going to blame it all on geographics and stuff and uh, say, woe is me, because I feel like everyone always wants to give these management teams a pass uh, when it becomes a little bit inconvenient to admit that maybe, just maybe, their teams aren't that great. But, you know, that's the the extent of what I'm going to rant about. I, I feel like a, a lot of folks are going to have some interesting thoughts, and I'm sure a lot of you are going to have valid criticisms. So if you're really angry at me, be sure to let me know in the comments below. Be respectful. Uh, I'm always willing to have conversations. I'm sure a lot of folks are going to feel lots of different things because, uh, well, it's a sensitive issue for many fans and something that, you know, for us as Winnipeg fans, we've had to really take on the chin for many years. But uh, again, that's all that I'm going to mention on this topic. I wanted to transition in the last few minutes to talking about uh, some of the concerns that I had about the broader, uh, you know, issues surrounding Canadian hockey right now, and certainly some broad thoughts about the Hockey Canada situation and why I feel like maybe this idea that we have to stick to uh, conventional drafts for Canadian players 
um, and, and really build the culture around that. Maybe that's not the best approach. Maybe it's it's time for a little bit more of a diverse thought process and why I think the Jets have actually exemplified that really well. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit uh, right after the break. So stick around. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're closing out tonight with some quick thoughts. Um, I, I will you know, preface this with a bit of a, a, a trigger warning for sexual assault, of course, the Hockey Canada case has been very, very prolific and very ongoing. A lot of investigations currently pending. And I think that, you know, Hockey Canada itself is is very much in the crosshairs of what will need to be serious, serious reform. But, you know, in the backdrop of, of all of this, there have been questions about drafting Canadian players. Um, you know, of course, the article that I mentioned from Mike earlier, uh, feeling like the Jets hadn't drafted enough Canadians. Well, maybe not the best time to really address that point. Um, in an article, but I feel like the Jets have actually been among Canadian teams really good about diversifying their their talent pools and looking for for really the best player available. And I kind of feel like that has always been, uh, by and large, for the Jets, their, their modus operandi. Only a few instances where they've kind of gone against that, Logan Stanley being one of those picks. But in general, I think it's really important to build such a diverse pool of players because Oftentimes, if you just focus on one particular league or one subset of, of players in a specific locale, you're going to miss a lot of great talent elsewhere. And I think the Jets have been very good over the years at finding players in systems where maybe, you know, you're looking at a guy who's not going to be a top six, you know, uh, first or second line player, but somebody who gives you really good depth value. I saw the point made earlier that Andrew Kopp, uh, somebody on Twitter was talking about Kopp. Um, it might have been Garrett Hole, who's a great follow, by the way. Highly recommend you check him out. He was talking about how the Jets used to use players like these who are, are going to fill more of a utility role and give you a ton of value. But then once their contracts are kind of set to expire, they're needing some massive raise, you're willing to cycle out the depth and start looking at some of your prospects that you've brought in to replace those kinds of players. And I think the Jets for many years did that successfully. Where I feel like everything started to fall apart was after that magical 2017-2018 run. Suddenly the Jets kind of started to move away from that, and they've had a mostly consistent roster since then. The only thing that they have ever really cycled out is just um, mostly bottom-pairing defenders and and fourth-liners. But other than that, the Jets haven't really cycled in a lot of fresh talent, and I think that that has kind of led at least to the stagnation that we've seen with this team recently. And I think the rest of the Canadian teams could probably stand to do with a little bit more diversification. I think some teams have gotten really good at it. Uh, the Suns, you know, of course, they drafted a top-end German talent in Tim Stutzler. Same with, um, of course, the Edmonton Oilers drafting Leon Dreisaitl. Um, but, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, the idea that there aren't enough Canadian stars in Canada who would want to stick around, I think it, it might just be a little bit more of an illusion as to what the, the situation is. I think there are reasons why players will want to move, but just drafting from your locale and, and from some like very specific leagues, if you limit yourself to that, you're going to find that you're probably not going to see the level of results that you're hoping for. Be like the Jets of your when they used to build across so many different leagues, so many different development systems, take risks, be ambitious, and eventually you might just get to be as good as that Jets team that was so close to winning a cup and that I pray we get to see one day again. But again, let me know your thoughts on this in the comments below. For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. 
I wanted to make sure you're also aware that you should make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Be sure to give Locked on NHL a follow on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, uh, Odyssey, and YouTube. It's uh, available on all the same platforms we are. So again, thank you so much for, for your support. Have a great night and go Jets go.